Mission accomplished. Survival in its purest form. Fighting off the threats of extinction. Surviving through a relegation scrap. Administration, staff redundancies, a star-studded fire sale of talent just to pay the bills. A heroic effort every step of the way. Alongside Football League election in 1978, Premier League promotion in 2005, and 2013's FA Cup win, this squad have etched their names into Wigan Athletic history. Liam Richardson, the leader, the upholder of standards and values, even when days looked as though they couldn't get any darker. It's in this club's DNA to defy the odds, conventional wisdom and logic. Believe, that's what they say in Wigan, believe. But somehow, with time to spare, Wigan Athletic have survived virtually speechless here, I've just been watching down there and then and all the players went running about and Liam, Liam Richardson just stood his ground, stood where he was for more or less the whole 90 minutes and just took it all in and his achievements in his first year as management, albeit his only assistant, he's only just been given the job and he's been absolutely magnificent, he's sort of managed and directed the team and the football club, he's been the public face through all of this and he's held himself with such dignity, just so proud of every one of them. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Progs of Unity podcast and what a weekend it has been. I'm joined today with just the usual Motley crew. I've got Barry, Paul and Adam and as you'll find out very soon, they're all in fine fettle in good voice. First and foremost, we've got a game to review, but what a game it was. Latics lost. 3-1. What a game, but who cares? We're safe in Skybet League One. We've played 45, we've achieved 48 points. Rochdale, Northampton were the latest teams to succumb to relegation on 44 points each. We cannot be catched on the final day, no matter what the results. Barry, talk us through the game and your emotions from Saturday. Fantastic. We should have had two penalties. It should have been a three-all draw. If, if, if not, we should have won it. But forget the game. What does it matter? We're stopping up. You know, with the ticks and we're stopping up. That's all what matters to me. I said all along, didn't I? Them teams below us won't get above 44 points and I've been proven right. I know there's another game to go, but they're spent. They're spent. We're stopping up. What was your um, initial reaction come full-time when that the news started to filter through that we were safe and Gore and Clark were waxing lyrical on the uh, on the airwaves? How did, how did you feel? The Rochdale game finished about three minutes before the end of ours, so it was quite evident that we were stopping up, you know. And uh, I think Northampton was probably running along, alongside ours, but were they losing 3-0 at the time? They were taking a bit of a pasting, weren't they? The, the emotion with that, I'll be honest with you, from my point of view... Although initially I was buzzing, it was more a sense of relief and then a bit of like bewilderment. We've done it. We stayed up and never, ever in a million years did I envisage in September with a game left to play, we would have guaranteed our safety in League One. I must, I must admit, Barry, I, I echo those sentiments and the feeling. I mean, I must admit, I was, I was brought to tears. Um, when that Rochdale result had come through and obviously Northampton were being comfortably beaten, that we were safe after everything that we've been through in the last 12 or so months, more or less. The fact that we could have lost our club, the fact that we still had our club, we still got our club in a, in, in Skybet League One and now the only way is up. It was, it, 
I was, I was overwhelmed. Paul, fr- from your point of view, um, the game and the uh, same question as asked Barry, the game and the emotion. Yeah, I mean, the game, obviously, as you know, as I said right through the, the season, I listen to the radio commentary. Um, I don't, I don't watch the pictures. So I was busy watching the Rochdale score, you know, on refresh, refresh, refresh. I, th- I think the, the relief is is exactly as Barry says. And, you know, my thoughts at full time were, this could have been the second season of the worst period in our history. But as it happens, this is the first season in the recovery from the first period, the, the worst period in our history. And all that hinged on that result on Saturday, you know, the, the Rochdale result. It's it's just immense relief. You know, you can't bottle it, can you? You can't indeed. And Adam, I'm going to come to you. Um, and firstly, I, I know we don't really care about the game, but how well did the lads play? Yeah, I thought we were really good. We weren't nervous at all. I thought we took the game to them. Uh, I mean, obviously, they've got a bit of quality because they're going up as champions, you know. But I, I actually thought that the better players we handled really well, which we didn't at our players. I thought Luke Robinson was absolutely superb, you know, keeping them in check. The goal was really nice that we scored. And as Barry said before, you know, we worked positions to get two penalties. We scored that penalty when, I mean, the, the second one, I, I can't I can't understand how it wasn't given. The first one is a bit a bit more 30-70, but that one was 100-0. <laughs> it was the most blatant penalty ever. But yeah, we played well. We played a good game, uh, consistent with that, the way we've played for the last five or six matches, really. And yeah, you know, I mean, I was probably less pessimistic earlier in the season because maybe some of the younger players, I thought they'd, they'd come good, but we had the dark days, didn't we? And yeah, I, mine was a little bit of relief, but there'd kind of been an expectation for me, you know, for the last, I don't know, three or four weeks that we were going to stay up. It was a little bit of relief, but actually it was more for me excitement and thinking ahead to next season now and thinking about, can we keep quite a lot of these players? Because if we do, then it's going to be an exciting ride next season. We're pretty much started on an even keel. Other clubs are going to have debts to pay off and things. You know, I, I, th- I think... Staying up this season has put us in a very strong position for next season. As, as Guy said, the belief, the belief, one thing I think rings true is that you will never take our sunshine away. The Phoenix is going to rise from the ashes and come Tuesday morning or just after midnight on Tuesday, the outpour of emotion from the Latix media team, Talal. It was absolutely buzzing. Barry, I know you've watched the Inside Match Day video that was done by the club, a very good video as well. What do you make of the the raw emotion from the players? And uh, some people may need subtitles for Callum Lang as well. <laughs> it was brilliant, wasn't it? I think that, that sort of summed up the supporters' feelings, really. You saw a shot of the bench when the Rochdale uh, whistle went, Viv Solomon Ottobo jumping up and down in his seat. I mean, that lad, brilliant. He's just... He's Latics through and through. He's, he's, he's hard to believe, really. Yeah, it was fantastic. And then and then when they was going down the corridor and going back into the changing room and they're all coming in, and it was it was great to see. It was fantastic to see. Yeah, it was brilliant. One or two comments on, on Twitter, one from, from Alan Nixon saying, you know, why are you celebrating this? Well, if you don't know why we're celebrating it, then you're not football fans because, you know, it's a massive achievement. It's it's a full ten months of anguish scores into the final two minutes of that football match when we'd achieved 
survival in in League One, and it was it was just a brilliant feeling. We're under new ownership, like Adam said, the future's looking exciting. And it was just that celebration of that. Yeah, and it's it's funny, isn't it? Because you mentioned one person there, so you know, you said why why are we celebrating it? Well, that's somebody who's been involved in a in the process all the way from the uh, the beginning of it all. You've got to let teams have their moments. If we'd have survived on the last day of the season, like we have done before in the Premier League, you'd be celebrating survival. It's more than just staying in this football league, and it goes to show the strength of. Wigan as a as a club and as a town that we have got to the point that we are to be able to start next season on a sound strong platform to take us forward. Uh, really nice touch as well from Talal. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Paul. The list of all the players and staff who have contributed and obviously a lot of them have lost uh, jobs or moved on. Really nice touch, wasn't it? It's brilliant. I'll, I'll, I'll go into something I was going to say say later on. In his post-match on Saturday, Liam said that they tried to make us feel proud and didn't they just? Everybody involved throughout all the darkest days, we've all been proud of one another for our own efforts and our own contributions, you know. And, you know, once those vultures have, uh, have got out of the way, you know, you've got a chairman that's now proud to be associated with this club it is just an absolute platform to build on you know I do think you know with, with the discussion of the debts and, and other clubs coming out of coronavirus and whatnot I think we're going to be in quite a strong position especially if we you know we keep a decent squad because for me the real heroes of this season have you know yes we've had a, an absolute ragtag bunch of players um, some young kids come in some seasoned pros a few that still had contracts and, you know, the, the administrators weren't able to shift on. But the real heroes are all the backroom staff that have made those players care as much as they do and as much as we do. And, you know, they're, they're the real heroes. And apart from the figureheads like Liam, Gregory, Frankie Bunt, we don't know who most of them are. And, and to see all the names on that plaque, we still don't know who, who most of them are. But at least they've been recognised by those that count, i.e. the new chairman. Yeah, absolutely. Adam, I'll come to you now. Yeah, well, I've, I was just going to come in before with um, the Nixon stuff, really. I mean, I've never liked him all the way through. I think he's just basically been out for himself. He obviously had, for me, he had some sort of line to the administrators, peddling his own stuff, saying, I remember him saying in an interview that He's followed Wigan for years, you know, as a correspondent and he wanted all the best for us. And then he can't buy into the celebrations, which there's a debate going on between Wigan fans about whether this is a bigger achievement than the FA Cup. So how the hell can he come on and start going, oh, why are you celebrating staying up? Well, would you celebrate winning an FA Cup? Well, unfortunately for us, we got screwed by the Premier League, so the players couldn't. But normally you would. You know, you'd you'd love it. And for me, this is a fantastic achievement. It's in the top three achievements in our history. So we should be celebrating it. And those players for me are heroes. So just keep away from our club, Nixon. I don't care if you've got a little snippet about some guy who might be signing for us. Just just do one. I've had enough of you, Nixon. Adam, related to that, I'm in a um, a Facebook group for F, uh, you know, Fighting Talk on Five Live. Um, and there was a thing on there and somebody posted, you know, what is the greatest moment that your club has achieved? And there were plenty of people saying, oh, United with 99 winning the treble, 
Aguero, City, blah, 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 all were winning a game or winning a trophy. Friend of the podcast, Kieran Crompton, posted from a Latics perspective, keeping our club alive. And you think, yeah, Nixon don't get it at all, does he? Um, just on a note as well, before um, we, we start to move on, Liam Richardson has been nominated by Skybet for the Skybet League One Manager of the Month. I can't think of anyone else who deserves it. I know I'm biased, but if you look at the, the form, 2-1 win over Sunderland, and we claimed 13 points from six games. Not a bad return for a team down at the bottom. Not a bad return at all. But next season, Barry, word of Latics finish. As long as it's not in the bottom four, I'm not, I'm not that concerned, to be honest. What I'd like to, to see is a, a year stabilising the club, getting the staff back in, getting a decent squad. If that takes us up the league and we're pushing for a playoff spot or even promotion, brilliant. But if not, uh, there'll be no moans from this quarter. I'd take mid-table. I'd take like a Fleetwood or an Accrington this season, how they've been. They've never, never been troubled with relegation. They've had a little flirt with... The playoffs, but that's been about it. Just get the, fit, the the club back on an even footing. I'll be happy with that, and then push on the season after. Yeah, fair enough, Adam. Same to you. Yeah, I mean, obviously, in terms of managing my expectations, I'm always one of those that if we finish like Barry says in mid-table, I'm not going to be mourning at all. But I do genuinely think that we've got a chance next season. A lot depends on it's going to be a very busy summer. Start The work has already started, obviously, with so many players at a contract. A lot's going to depend on how many of these players we can sign up because then you've got your base. Because he, as we well know, if, if you build from scratch, it takes you a long time to get going. So if we can keep this base of our team and add a few players to it, I think that we will be in a strong position in comparison to some of our rivals. So I'd be pretty confident again in the top six. And I might just do a... David Sharp and say uh, 100 points. I think you need to put that glass down, Mr Pendlebury. It'll be interesting to see how recruitment goes. I think I'm going to cop out here and say I'm going to make my decision once I've seen how the recruitment goes. Hold a minute. You, you asked the question. But it's, yep. a, it's a question that we can't really answer until recruitment's yep. done. And then, you're you're saying 100 points. <laughs> Barry saying mid-table, Paul. I'll say anywhere within the top two. Anywhere within uh, the top two. Um, I, I mean, if you go back... You can go back a good few weeks. Um, I did say, we'll get safe this year, we'll win it next year. Um, okay. And I have said it more than once. But I, I'll temper those. Ex- yeah, you are absolutely right. Until the summer has happened, you don't know. But I do think we're in a position to be to, to take advantage of summer and come out of summer with a good squad. Well, why, uh, why wouldn't you choose Wigan? Exactly. And like I said earlier, the key is there's players that have come here and played the hearts out that haven't played the hearts out at other clubs and if you've got that quality about your club you can go anywhere uh, anyway Greg, Gregory you're not getting away with this who's joining us from the championship who, who, from the who's championship which three sides are joining us Derby Derby coming down something Adam said before about depending on which players sign for us I don't know if anybody saw the interviews after the old game on Saturday, very interesting one with Will Keane, who uh, when asked by, I'm not sure if it was Sam or Guy Clark who asked him the question uh, about how we were feeling, and he said he was just glad to get the season over with and, and get us finished before the last game, but was looking forward to pre-season and starting the new challenge with us come the new season, he couldn't wait to get back going again. 
it very much sounded to me like he's already agreed to stay or been offered a contract and signed it. It's just the way he spoke. And I'll be quite quite honest. I, if I was in charge, I'd offer every single one of those players a new contract for the, for the coming season because they deserve that for as a token yeah. of loyalty. Yeah, Keen, Keen, very vital as well. Ten goals a season that can't go uh, unnoticed. But yes, and that leads nicely, Barry, into the next segment that I'm just going to bring us to, which is the Player of the Year for the Pro Unity podcast. We're going to announce it next week. The vote is ongoing. We've had a lot of votes, haven't we? This this season, when I last had a look, it is very very close. I think we're joined on about seven or eight players at the minute. So yes, get your votes in. Uh, voting closes very very soon. That's two big awards up for grabs, isn't it? Because the top goal scorer is still uh, still up for grabs yet, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, Barry, I'm gonna hand over to you for the next point on the uh, agenda. Yeah, it's uh, just a bit of sad news, really. We've uh, we've lost two supporters this this week. Tony Ward, or is his known Tony Links Effect Ward, sadly passed away on Saturday, and also Barry Smith, known as Baz Smith, uh, another one who sadly passed away. So we've lost two supporters. So always sad to hear uh, about that. And a former player, Alan McLaughlin, he's been ill for quite a while. And he sadly died. And he's actually the academy manager at Sunday's opponent, Swindon Town. And he was still in that position. Uh, they had a testimonial for him at the week last weekend as well. And money from that is going to uh, a local hospice where, it, where he was uh, very sad. And obviously our thoughts from the podcast team go to the families of those who've lost their loved ones. Moving on now to the interview that we did with Talal. If you've not seen it yet, it's a Great, great read, if I do say so myself. It's available via our Blogspot page or our blog page, and that is progresswithunity.blogspot.com. Have a read and let us know what you think. Drop us a tweet or a DM. Moving forward, we do have one game left this season, and it was the Sheridan Derby when we played them earlier on in the season. It is now a game that has no significance whatsoever. Barry, who is the man in the middle? Who is the last awful referee for this season? The referee for the Wigan Athletic versus Swindon Town game on Sunday, 12pm kickoff, is none other than Graham Salisbury. 58-year-old Graham. He's been refereeing for donkey's years, but he's only refereed us three times previously although there's only two in the records because he stood in for somebody and it's not been recorded anywhere, and that was this season. I have a strong feeling this is his final game as well. This is going to be Graham's final game before he hangs up his whistle. And as such, the fourth official for the game is a Mike Salisbury, who is Graham's son. So I think that's a, a lovely touch from the powers that be to have his lad there with him. And it, I'm sure it'll be quite emotional. He's not got a bad record for handing out the cards. He's done 29 games, 87 yellows, two reds, and awarded five penalties. Although the last time this season that he was in charge of a Latics game was back, sorry, back in December when we played Rochdale at the DW Stadium, and we know how that ended up. Preston official, Graham Salisbury, 
is in charge on Sunday. Okay, so we've got our usual feature of Adam Asks. And Adam, it's a bit of a long one this week, isn't it? Yes, yes, it certainly is. Uh, I'll, let, I'll let Barry do the introduction and then I'll, uh, I'll give you some um, edited highlights of it and my views on what he said. Yeah, we've got Rich Pullen from uh, the Swindon, the Lost. I always get this wrong, so I'll let Rich introduce it himself. Uh, it's a bit of a mouthful, the title of his podcast, but he's, he's a very dedicated Swindon Town fan. Uh, lovely guy and, um, you know, we wish him the best of luck. Anyway, we'll hand over to Rich. Hello, it's Rich Pullen of the Low Strangers podcast. Happy to be back on for what I imagine will be the last time in a long time. John Sheridan was under a lot of pressure for a very long time with Swindon fans, but never seemingly with the club. He said he was out of ideas after a loss against Ginningham. So he went to the press and was just he suggested he was going to resign. And that was enough time, potentially, for a caretaker manager to come in and try and get Swindon, you know, that one last throw of the dice. But then the club helped him change his mind, which was, which was fantastic. Because there's a bit of a boys' network at Swindon at the moment. You know, Paul Jewell, um, John Sheridan, they get along, along with the owner, Lee Power, they all get along. So they were like, no, we believe in you. So be it, it's their club, they make that call. And then Swindon won back-to-back games. So we unexpectedly got six points and there was this little feeling that, well, hang on, maybe, aren't we going to, could we all look a bit foolish? And then we dropped like a lead balloon and he resigned. He resigned on air on BBC Radio Wiltshire and said he would be resigning and that was accepted this time. But um, Tommy Wright, his assistant, took us for the game against Portsmouth and we won. And then you think, well, maybe, but it was all about snookers at that point. And then we just lost horrifically at Milton Keynes Dons and that, yeah, we lost 5-0 in a game we had to win. <laughs> so, yeah, and that really encapsulates the season, really. It's all been about the defence goal. You know, we've not had the worst goal scoring record for a team, for a Swindon team that's been relegated, but our conceding over 85 goals I think it is in the league this year and that isn't going to do well we've lost um, 29 of uh, our 45 games our record previously was less than that in our whole history and I'm kind of now against Wigan because I like a round number <laughs> so um, the road to 30 for this dead rubber and we, we, we probably will lose it but it's been one of the worst seasons, if not the worst season that I've experienced as a town fan. And most of the worst seasons have occurred during my time as a town fan. So I feel qualified to make that judgment. Yeah, it's a mess, but it's not as bad a mess as it was previously. I, I'm a little bit more hopeful that Swindon will exist next season in the Football League, which you know may sound a bit hyperbolic, but you know we had a court hearing a few weeks back that if it didn't go the way the fans wanted, we would have been put in administration, a points deduction, and then maybe our exit out of the EFL in a year or so's time. But the situation is that there are two... Lee Power wants to sell Swindon Town. So it's not like, like the Blackpool situation was where their owners dug in and stayed for years and years and years. Lee Power actively wanted no money. He's ran out. He wants to sell, but they're in a little bit of bother um, due to a relationship he had with a football agent called Michael Standing, 
where it's believed that Michael Standing invested in Swindon Town Football Club, which isn't allowed because he, you know, conflict of interest. So there's a court wrangle between those two, and there's been injunctions put in place to prevent Lee Power from selling the club without Michael Standing say so. So he's trying, Michael Pat, Lee Power's trying to sell Swindon Town for a pound to American consortium called Able. Nobody knows anything about Able. A couple of names that nobody can contact and apparent links to the Boston Celtics. But, you know, there's in modern sport, these sort of people should be well known across all the industry, especially for businesses that work with American consortiums trying to get into European sports. And from what I've been told, listening to the Swindon Town fans group, Trust STFC, nobody knows anything about this group, but they want to sell they want to buy the club and power wants to sell for a pound the other side is a former uh, associate called clem morfuni an australian businessman who owns 15 percent of the club um, he wants to buy the club for very real money um, but because he has fallen out with lee power lee power doesn't want anything to do with morfuni so we have a situation here of stubbornness and the victim is the club and the fans, as per usual in these sort of situations. It's very complex. I hope that was easy-ish to understand. I'm pretty sure that's the way it is. And Morfuni's no saint, but at the moment, town fans are leaning towards what is almost certainly the better of two evils because we don't know enough about Abel. Abel might be brilliant, but they don't, they've not come forward at any stage. There's no, there's no spokesman. There's nothing. And then we have Clem Morfuni, who does talk via the trust. So we hope that the courts, if they can get along outside of the court, we'll hope the court will make the decision for them and we can move forward. If that's able, it's able. And if it's Morfuni, it's Morfuni, as long as the club exists and we can move forward. Because, you know, as football fans, we want to sort of focus on the football thing, don't we? Um, we want a new manager, we want a new squad, and we want to exist and watch us play football, especially after the last... 14 months we've had as football fans not going into grounds we want to go back in August with something to look forward to it's a really if I'm going to get a positive slant from this if the sell happens over the summer then there's going to be fans in the ground in August if we've still got the current owner in August then I can envisage 3,000 fans 4,000 much less than what we expect until anything is sorted if we have a new owner a one that the fans can get behind then we'll be I'm not going to say we're going to be packed out, but we'll have the right amount of fans, hopefully some season ticket holders, because there's been no news on season tickets yet, and maybe a little bit of hope. But at the moment, sadly, it's a little bit bleak at Swindon Town, to be honest. Is there a club man that will stick behind us? Yeah, good question. I'm not sure. We do have contracted players, players that were part of the League Two winning season, but they are they have horrible track histories of in of fitness. So people like Jordan Lydon, who's a good player, but every time he shows hope, he's out for a few weeks. Um, our best player, our best player near to the tail end of the season has been Jack Payne, who has looked the busiest and he's looked like he's wanted to do something. He is contracted next season. He'll get the player of the year, but I'm more than sure we'll cash in, especially if we don't sell the club because he has had interest from far better clubs in Swindon Town according to the press so I don't think there is no I mean we've loved Scott Twine who's a local 
lads to sign a new contract but again he is attracting the interest of teams like qpr and brentford so and he's out of contract as well so i don't expect him to stay so there's there's no clubman it's just essentially players that are still contracted and i'm sure if they have release clauses and interest elsewhere they'll go somewhere else but many of the fans feel like a clean slate is what the club need i still think we need some sort of spine of, of familiarity um forgive my pronunciation then just you know a couple a handful of players brett Pittman, if he stays then we've got a 20 goal scorer potentially in league two there no problem and that would be a good start but i think the answer to your question is there a clubman is no but there are a few players still potentially worth keeping around that are contracted yeah tommy wright is in charge i don't imagine we'll do much experiment a lot of fans again want us to just you know roll the dice a little bit play a couple of youth players see what they're all about but the noise from the club is there's only one young player that they fancy in a player called harry parsons who's a forward all the others are sort of deemed not good enough so you know, Jack Payne might be busy, like I said. Uh, Pittman can threat, you know, if he gets the chance, you know, he could do something. But it's very hard not to see anything other than a Wigan Athletic comfortable win as well. Two teams are on the beach, one's safe, one that <laughs> set of players that probably can't wait to, you know, leave the club. And also, I believe we're travelling on the day as well. I don't think we're staying overnight. Um, so I think we're travelling up. We have been doing that in recent weeks. We went to a game against Rochdale on the day of a relegation decider and we lost. So that's how things are at Swindon at the moment. So if, if that is case, I might be wrong there, then, then you know, you can't expect elite footballers. I know people, you know, in the 70s and 80s, they used to just, you know, put their cigarette butts out and play and have a shot of whiskey or whatever, but that's not, that's not football anymore. And you're not, there is this feeling that the players have been set up to fail in many ways. Um, but it's easy to say that when you're looking at relegation. But yeah, it, it's it's that bad at the moment. Yeah, well, I think we can see what... Oh, I think we can empathise with what he's feeling because of what we've been through. But it sounds like an absolute nightmare at the moment. Uh, you know, he was going through about kind of Sheridan almost offering his resignation... And then the the powers that be persuading him to stay on. Um, and then obviously when he eventually resigned on the radio, which is bizarre in itself, clearly it was too late at that point. But yeah, just just a catalogue of errors, really, I think what the what what they're saying. Uh they've they've um they've um not really had any spells in the season. I think they've put two two games together on a couple of occasions, but they've just not had any any good spells. He said he, he was struggling, wasn't he, to name any any real sort of star men for the season, apart from our mate, Mr. Pittman, who came up, and then another young lad who name escapes me, but you know, he, he he's got a positive uh, vibe. And it looks like, you know, at the moment they've got some really tough times ahead because they've got this pending pending case uh, about the football agents uh, and the illegality in terms the alleged illegality in terms of the ownership. Obviously they've got the rebuilding. Does it sounds like lots of players are out of contract. 
you know, I feel for them really. You know, it's another football club. He's a very passionate supporter. And uh, you, you feel sad for them because, you know, we, we know what it's like. And, you know, they're going to be starting after the joys of winning the league last season. This season they're going to be starting in League Two with pretty much no squad, not knowing what's going to be happening with the ownership. So, yeah, you feel you feel for them. And, you know, I think what was poignant was the fact that, you know, for a long distance trip, that, that you know, they're, they're, they're basically travelling up on the day. You know, it just seems to me they want to just get in there and get out of there. And he didn't give us a score prediction, but needless to say, he doesn't fancy Swindon to get anything from us. So I just wish them the best of luck and hope that they, they get through this and uh, come back stronger in the future. What he said to me, Adam, off, uh, off uh, was that if we had the fans in getting behind our team, he'd see them absolutely collapse and he'd have predicted a 6-0 win for the Latics. And that's how... How desperate he was feeling about it, you know. Just because we've come out of it, we have to stand with the family, haven't we? We've got to stand in solidarity with them and and offer what support we can, whether it's moral support or whatever. At this level as well, I think it's important because, you know, all that so-called fan-led review after Berry and the fan-led review we're supposed to be getting after us. When does the fan-led review come? When we have that breakaway league in the, in the Premier League. You know, that, that's when this the government starts to get interested. I don't see Boris Johnson coming doing any talks about uh, when Wigan and Macclesfield went and Berry went, you know, and we nearly went. I didn't see Johnson coming out then. So not to get too political about it, but I think, you know, us smaller sides have got to try and look after each other as much as we can, really. I agree. Paul, anything you'd like to add on that? No, not really. Just the, the contrast in, in the passion. Between Latics fans and obviously Swindon fans. Yeah, we've been there, we've been through the hard times and, you know, hope everything works out for them. Well, with all that being said, we do have a game and previously we have played them 14 times. Won five, drawn four and last five. Last time we played them, 2nd of February, when tactician Sheridan masterminded a Swindon win at the county ground. The form, what does it matter? It's the last game of the season. They're relegated. We're safe. Up the ticks, come on. Adam, how do you see the game going? I thought you were going to give us a nice little test about the last time that they came to our ground because I wasn't sure whether... Was it the last time they came when that goalkeeper was time-wasting all through the game? Lawrence Figaro. He's now at Leighton Orient. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, G- Junior scored in the sixth minute of injury time because the referee added so much time on... I can't see it being a 1-0 96 minute, to be honest. I think it's going to be an open game. I think we'll mix it up a bit. I think we'll probably start with the 11 injury permitting. I, I think we had a couple of niggles, didn't we? But save that, we'll play. But I think we'll make more changes, get as many players involved as we can. So I, I think it might be probably a 3-0 or something like that to Latics, my view. Fair enough, Paul. I think it's going to be five, um, but when I say five, I think there's going to, there might be five players break out into a run in the second half. After 20 minutes, it's just going to be pedestrian stuff because it doesn't matter to either team, really. There's no fans in there to urge them on. It's going to be an absolute training game. Yeah, 2-0 to us. Barry, what score do you think it's going to be? Well, they have a couple of players who torments when we play against them in, in Pittman and Jack Payne, I think that's the lad Adam was looking for before. I think he was at Shrewsbury for a while as well and played well against us. And also Matty Palmer in midfield. And we know what it's like with Latics and former players. Speaking to Rich, I know he feels 
And it's it's like the heart has been ripped out of that club and they're travelling up in the morning for a 12 o'clock kickoff from Swindon. So what time they're going to be setting off, who knows. We're going to win. I'm going to go for 4-1 to Wigan Athletic. At 4-1, well, how far gone do you think we'll be at half-time? I think they'll score first. I think uh, Pittman will score because he always scores against us and uh, we'll just step it up a gear. Two goals each for Langan Keane with Keane just nicking the golden boot off Lange. Fair enough, fair enough. Decent, decent prediction. One one thing I think we should mention is uh, our under-18s again. Uh, give them a, a round of applause for another fantastic title-winning season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely superb from the under-18s. Uh, a massive, massive achievement. And don't you know, pump it up, the ticks are staying up. Don't you know, pump it up, the ticks are staying up. Don't you know, pump it up, the ticks are staying up. Don't you know, pump it up, the ticks are staying up. Don't you know, pump it up, the ticks are staying up. So on that note, it's uh, goodbye from me. Don't you know, pump it up, the ticks are staying up. Up the ticks.